Welcome to the Musician's Venture Podcast. This is a podcast focused on lessons learned from musicians' backstories, as well as from building successful careers in the music business. My name is Nick O'Brien, and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events that Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. On occasion, I'll be joined by Allison M., the founder of Wisconsin Music Ventures, as she and I will dive into topics relevant to the music industry. So let's get down to business. friends, musicians, and music lovers. This is Nick O'Brien, and welcome to this episode of the Musicians Venture Podcast. This episode is part two of the conversation with Donna Woodall and Ethan Bender, who are the singer and bass player for the Donna Woodall Group, a well-known band in Milwaukee that has been a staple in the region's cocktail bars, as well as jazz clubs and festivals for more than 20 years. If you haven't listened to part one of my conversation with them, I'd encourage you to do so, as that episode dives into how they both got started in music and the dynamic of being collaborators in both music and life as a married couple. Now, we did this interview on Valentine's Day, which I've got to say definitely added to the vibe of the conversation. The love they have for each other was emanating through the room, and it had me feeling pretty lucky to spend part of a day that's dedicated to love with them. Over the course of the conversation, we talk about their experience branching out on their own with the Donna Woodall Group after playing during Milwaukee Bucks games with Street Life, We explore the way they blend genres of music, as well as blending covers and originals throughout their sets. They share what inspires their songwriting and what their songwriting process is like. We talk specifically about their song titled, This Is Good, which you'll hear after the interview. Their reflection of the inspiration behind that song made me gush because it's all about their love for each other. They talk about the revolving door of great musicians who have teamed up with them to make up the Donna Woodall group throughout the years. Donna talks about their favorite shows, including the many themed shows they've performed. She also reflects on some memories of her mom and how that's influenced her music. They talk about what it's been like to transition into being full-time musicians after more than 20 years of making music and gigging on the side, and how having the time to focus on music has allowed them to learn more from other musicians. Donna explains that she has a fire for songwriting right now and that she's really enjoying the process of curating themed shows. Ethan shares his excitement for learning how to copyright songs and get their songs into the world of sync licensing. They talk about how they've been inspired by other Wisconsin Music Ventures musicians who are taking their music on the road and how now the time is right for them to do the same. The conversation ends with them talking about how they are currently working to record new music that they hope to have released by the end of 2023. I really enjoyed the opportunity to talk with Donna and Ethan to learn so much more about the journey of the Donna Woodall Group and how their relationship has been the foundation of trust, communication, and shared creativity that every successful band needs. There's a fun dynamic between them that made for a pretty engaging and entertaining conversation. I hope that you enjoy and learn from part two of the Musicians Ventures conversation with Donna Woodall and Ethan Bender from the Donna Woodall Group. Uh, the Donna Woodall Group is what the, you guys have been playing together 25-ish years now mm-hmm. um, over the course of a 27-year marriage, yep. which I think still is such an interesting part of, of this story. But let's zoom in on the music now. Like, take me back to when 
you know, y'all started kind of organically working on your own stuff aside from street life and just how the Donna, Donna Woodall group kind of came together. Well, we had been uh, really, really busy uh, with street life and uh, worked with the house band of the Bucks and doing the Bucks games. Uh, and it was a wonderful time. It was really a wonderful period in our lives. Uh, but we were also starting to hear our own music. We were uh, at home creating things on our little keyboards and um, and it was good stuff and we really liked that part of it. We liked being creative um, and creating new music. And just the two of us have always had music that we loved, which you... Absolutely. I mean, well, yeah, kind of went into that in the first podcast, mm -hmm. part one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. But how we had, well, I guess if you looked at the Venn diagram where we overlapped and mm -hmm. so many types of music, kinds of music and artists and songs that we liked together. Mm -hmm. And that kind of naturally led towards writing music together, mm -hmm. creating music. Yeah. Yeah. So we just, I, I feel like we just wanted to explore. We wanted to explore more. We had, we had the stability of uh, being in a, a really working, you know, gigging band. And that was, I don't think we'll ever, um, you know, feel bad about having that experience. That was their, really, yeah, that, it was an amazing experience. It was an amazing experience. But I think with anything, you, you grow and you have things that you want to say and things that you want to write. And so um, we had just started that process. And everything changes. And then everything, yeah, and everything changed, especially when we started, um, you know, having kids too. And Well, yeah. You know, yeah. Just. We just started growing in different in different ways. Yeah, and that situation, you know, being street, just you know, everything always changes. Nothing stays the same. So it was it was a great great situation while it lasted. You know, to be there, and uh, uh, well, especially to be in a group that was working as much as Street Life did, and also to be have <clears throat> excuse me to be able to to be in a situation where we could create like we did and make a living through music. You know, primarily performing music it was a it was a great place to be at that moment in time and so when when you started writing your own stuff then you started playing with Donald little group at the same time that you were playing with street life right there was some overlap mm -hmm. in, in work there mm -hmm. um how i'm curious how how did that like how did that sit with the other members of street life um you know i think whenever you branch out and you're going in a different direction, it's it's hard because it means change for everybody. Mm -hmm. And um, Stephanie, you know, so yeah, you know, like you said, everything must change. So in in some ways, it it, it was uh, difficult because that made that they had to um, make room for for the things that we were doing. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we like I said, we were just kind of at a point where we really just wanted to to branch challenge. So. Um, Eventually, we just had to make that you know, that hard call that musicians sometimes have to make. You know, do we do we stick with with this that we've been doing, comfortable with it, or do we just um, branch out and do our own thing? Um, and so we went with the latter. Yeah. yeah. Did Street Life live on? Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. House yeah. Man, being the house man of the books, and you know, under. Uh, uh, Warren Wegrass's leadership, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Warren is is a, is a seasoned vet, has been on the Milwaukee scene since the late '60s. You know, he's yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and we made some just, I mean, we've got lasting friendships from that. Oh, yeah, that, from being, that, we were, from being yeah. that group and working yeah. with the people that were there. Um, they, Each and every one of those musicians, you know, huge talents. Mm-hmm. And a lot of fun to work with. Yeah, some of my favorite band stories, you know, <laughs> come from that period of time working with all those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then we continued to work with some of them after that. Still do to um, you this know, day. But we still do to this day. Yeah. So um, it was just a, a great learning experience, and and we took what we learned there and just just you know kind of moved on with our own things. We were, like I said, we were looking at um, all kinds of new music, and we've always been the two of us have always uh, dabbled in different genres across the board. So, like I said, it, it was just a point where we were like, okay, we want to. And they want to branch off and do Jimi Hendrix, or we want to branch off and do and a lot of more. Said so, I could cover our mm-hmm. our twist on this song, or our own stuff. So mm-hmm. that and and that really led us to kind of following the path with the Woodall Group. And what was it like, kind of going off on your own from like the business perspective? Before that, I, don't, I assume neither of you were doing the booking or handling any of that type of admin stuff. Was that kind of a quick learning curve? Was it like we were? Incredibly spoiled being in the street life. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like showing up to a gig, playing, and leaving. <laughs> yep, that's all I do. Yep, so I do in this band. I show up, I play, and I leave. Man, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly, <laughs> uh, you know, we we had to do booking, and and we were the contacts and and, and uh, the equipment and all of that stuff. And you get a new appreciation Much for all of the stuff that uh, those guys uh, who were our band leaders, you know, yeah, went through. Uh, you could totally understand. Do stuff before three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. It was a learning curve. I, and I think, you know, even then, I don't think we knew everything there was to know at all. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I do, I will say that it was, we were very lucky to, to kind of study under uh, some really, really, really great uh, band leaders. To know what it took to, you know, be playing in front of 10,000 plus. Right, five right. Years. Their experience yeah. really yeah. was invaluable. But you know, infrastructure, you know, there. You know. Yeah, so we so we did go into it kind of knowing what what to do, how to come in professional, how to, you know, do certain things right away. We learned uh, as we went along, yeah. 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 And then on the music side, as you started to kind of branch out into other genres mm-hmm. and then kind of blurring those genres, mm-hmm. or I should say weaving those genres into a set, like, mm-hmm. or, yeah. did you have mentors in that experience or you just kind of like figure it out for yourself? A little bit of both, probably. Yeah, we, you know, I think because we both came from, we were like wedding band type backgrounds and things like that, where we had to do everything and we had done everything. Um, and, and growing up listening to a lot of different styles of music. So it was, it was really hard. In some ways it was a blessing and a curse because we could go with a new band. No, we, we could go from, you know, doing a, our own wedding gig under our own steam and name and things like that, or our private thing or whatever. We could, we could shift and, and be whatever someone needed us to be. Um, and then writing wise, it was all over the board. Uh, at that time, Though it was hard for a lot of people to categorize where we were as a new group, um, because and especially, um, you know, um, when you're African-American, you know, the artist, 
you get right away put into like you know R&B. So mm-hmm. and if you and if you kind of move outside of that box or you do other things, um, it's not all, at, at that time. It wasn't really like you know. It's like, well, what are you like? Right. Can I put you in this box? And we're like, well, no, because we we do this over here too. You know, are we play a sting song? Are we do this? You know, are we? Um, you know, we we uh, even yeah, we did some really cool things on the uh, as we were starting out but i feel like we was like people still struggled with where to put us musically so we always had been fighting i think uh for a long time uh where we fit because we we weren't just soul we weren't just r&b we weren't just blues we weren't just you know we weren't rock we were you know but but um a lot of stuff that we were writing would kind of cross those genres and then we were faced with the decision of well do we just stay true to what we were writing or, you know, or do we try to kind of fit into um, a mold? And I think um, over the years, we fought with that a lot. But I think now um, we finally, I think times have changed where you see artists jumping more and more into different genres and without worrying about it. And I've loved seeing that change because that means that I don't have to anymore say this is just what I do. I think, you know. Um, is it still easy to be, to say, you know, I am this, yes, um, you know, but, but creatively, I like the fact that so many artists now, um, even younger artists and things are just, they're growing up with that same mix of music and they're like, oh, we like it all and we don't want to be in, in a particular genre. So that's, that's where we are. And I feel like now we can finally stand up and say, this is the group. This is what we do. If, if you like it, great. If you don't, well, we're still gonna, you know, we're still gonna do what we, what we like to do. So, yeah, I mean, that's this this topic comes up a lot in these interviews where, um, you know, somebody get gets onto the scene and they're known for this sound, and they they start to get a little tired with that sound, you know, and their life changes and different songwriting inspiration comes from those life events and they have become at that crossroads you can talk about like do i keep writing music or playing the music that people know me for or or do i lean into what feels true to me right now and run the risk of kind of maybe you know turning off some of the fans that have been with us for so long and i, I remember referencing this this topic uh, in an episode i did with with tay and i i said that you know Joni mitchell was like one of the kind of prime examples of this, you know, she was on her way to becoming like the like female artist of all time. And she got to this crossroads and decided to go with with what was true to her, Mm -hmm. not true to her audience. And she lost some fans because they didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And what they did expect wasn't what she was putting out. Mm -hmm. And uh, what she found was that, you know, the people who continued to follow her followed her because of her, mm-hmm. not because of her music. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if that, if there's some reflection you have on the, uh, after making that decision to kind of stay true to, to the two of you, have you experienced that with, with your fans or with the venues that you normally work with? They're just like, yeah, we, we don't really know what they're going to do, but we know what they're going to do is high quality. And, um, I'm going to love it regardless. I, I think that latter part is true. I think we're getting to the point now where the people who come to see our shows, they like that about us. They they like the fact that we can 
movement that we can do everything from Elton John to our own originals to um, to a jazz standard. So they've come to, I think, ex- kind of expect that from us. Um, they they like the, the eclectic mix of music that we do. Um, and so I feel like the people that are coming out now to see us understand that about us. And so they're cool with that. They're not coming out to see us do a particular genre. They they understand, well, if I'm coming to see this is what you're going to do. You're going to do a little bit of jazz. You might do a little bit of this. You might pull out Bonnie Raitt, Tracy Chapman. And that's so nice now because I don't have that pressure of trying to fit. Mm. Like I said, the people that come out to see us now, I feel really um, like the fact that we do that. And they like the fact that we that we take the songs and we we do them our way. We're not just, we don't try to just sound like somebody else's cover. We try and mix it up a little bit and put our spin on it. Yeah, well, I think as a, as a creative in any medium, but mm-hmm. particularly music, like having that feeling of freedom mm-hmm. really unleashes like who you are mm-hmm. and, and which is what gets put into the music. Mm-hmm. And if you're feeling kind of like caged in, probably not going to be as good as you could be, you know? So I, I think that's that's great that you we leaned in and you were true to who you are and that the fan base has, has followed you. Um, you know, talking about, like, the genres, we, you know, we kind of touched on that a little bit, um, but you've also kind of shared that this mix of covers and originals that you do, are we at a point now, or is, is Donald Little Group at a point now where it's less on the covers and more on the originals and how did you get to that point and and what's that whole transition period like i i would say right now we are definitely transitioning into original music i I just feel overall as i am getting older um that that there was a you know you you've just kept life experiences and so you know ironically i feel when you're in this business and you're over a certain age and i you know are you know over like 30, <laughs> I feel sometimes you know, that, that, you know, you know, that, yeah, that's kind of like even old and that, you know, and, and we forget that, you know, life still goes on. There's still so much more to say. So I find right now that while I, I still love exploring covers and I still love, um, uh, doing just my favorite songs, I'm constantly listening to music. I'm constantly hearing Ethan, I drive him crazy because I'm like, okay, I love this song, but like, maybe we should do it like this way or, you know, or, or just, I love that. But again, now that we kind of have jumped into, um, the being full, I would say full and full-time musicians, like where it really is the focus. Um, I just feel like there's so much more than I want to say. And I love, love, love doing original stuff. I, I love that. I could, um, I still think when you're outperforming, people would like to hear, they, they love your original stuff, but I still think they'd like to hear mm-hmm. you do you with other material. Um, so, but um, I just find we're moving more into original things. So these last couple of years, we've been really lucky to be able to more and more just go and do sets with our original music. And, and I just feel like now's a sweet age because I've got so much more than I want to say. Um, And there's so much more experience and, and things that come behind that. So I'm finding now that, you know, the inspiration is coming from all over and just 
from from day to day, you know, knowing people, hearing their stories, hearing my own stories, and I just feel it pouring out. So I definitely leaning more towards original stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm curious. Uh, you you kind of touched on this, the latter part of that answer about the well, the, the whole song writing process. Like, let's go through that. So you mentioned some of the inspiration. Um, you know, it just seems like it's just kind of the everyday life and stories that or interactions that you have that speak to you. Is there any one particular like element of life that almost always provides some sort of songwriting uh, inspiration? Love. Yeah. It does. Love, 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 love. But very appropriate as we do this interview. Yes, I know. I know. Yep. No, I'm so serious about that. The first CD that we did, the first collection of songs, we called the CD The Subject Love. Um, and what I felt was unique to that CD was that the songs dealt with all kinds of aspects of love. Not just romantic. Not, just, not just romantic love, but heartbreak love, needy, clingy love, I'm tired of you love, I want to get out of this date. You know, I don't, I don't know if that one was love, but that was not, somebody was loving in that song and then the other person's just buzzing. But different, like relationship, I guess. Get out of my face. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, so I guess just to me, relationships, um, be them, be it people at time, relationships, or our friendships, our love relationships, et cetera. Familiar. If, 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 yep, provide endless, endless uh, thing. And, and, it's, and everybody relates to your, to love to mm-hmm. in some form or the other. So to me, that is a, an endless source of, of, um, you know, material for me. Yeah. Just how was the, so when, 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 when you get inspired to, to write about love or whatever it may be, just love in this particular example, what then is the, the process for the, for the two of you? Like, are you doing most of the writing and Ethan, you're bringing in kind of your feedback and input or how, how is this? Are you guys co-writing? How does this all work? And maybe it's not even the same for, for every song. I'm just curious about just that process. Um, I think when we were in, in some of our earlier writing, it was where we were, we would both um, have like melodies or things like that, where we would kind of bring it to each other. And, and what I, what I remember is more, and uh, I'll go ahead and say it, and uh, then I don't know you'll say what you say. Mm-hmm. But I have always been a uh, I'm, a, I'm listening. I'm a person that's listening to music, and that's just kind of the way. That's what it's been. I'll listen to lyrics, and lyrics will hit me at a certain level. Uh, but I've always, it's always hit me. Music has always hit me differently. Lyrics will hit me in, in a place. But music, the sounds of the music, mm-hmm. um, chords, harmonies, the sounds of the strings, the sounds of the percussion, the sounds of the bass, especially, um, guitar, keys, synthesizers, whatever. Uh, the music is what I'm hearing. Uh, um, so when that's that's always what it's been. That's always what I've heard. I don't want to say that's my strong point, but that's always what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So. When I picked up the bass and started playing bass, I would start hearing playing bass lines that I heard from, I don't know, when I first heard, started hearing things, whatever age that was. Um, so when you and I started co-writing, it would, as I recall, it would be you singing a melody mm-hmm. or, you know, bringing a melody to me, or you sitting down and playing a chord structure or play, playing a, uh, the formulas or something like that. These are the chords. 
And then you may be saying, this is what I hear here or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I would flush that out. Right. That's, that's what I would call the process. Yeah, I think it still is. I, I, a lot of times what will happen is, um, and I'm just the opposite. Maybe that's why we pair so nicely. And um, I taught English for many, many years. So my brain always gets lyrics first. It um, gets a subject, gets a thought, gets a hook first. Um, so I will wake up and, um, and a lot of times it, it's, um, I am that person that I will wake up and a song will, will be there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Melody. Um, sometimes it'll be almost a, an entirely full song, complete with lyrics. Uh, maybe a song I knew before or somewhere else and yeah, out there floating around, but, uh, but, um, uh, uh, it will come. Uh, I, I keep it, uh, I keep uh, my phone now. Uh, everything on voice, you know, the voice recorder, um, and between voice recorder and keep, I used to back in the, back in the day, I always keep a notebook with me, but now I just use the phone and I have so many, uh, lines, uh, I look for, I look for things everywhere or I, I might see a title in a book or I might hear a phrase and something, you know, and then, a, and then I'd lock onto that. So I think, I think my English background really helped with that and teaching poetry for so many years. Um, so I've, I usually always get, um, the lyric, um, a hook, uh, a melody. And then like Ethan said, I'll take it to him and go, okay, and here's what I have here. He, and, and this is what I'm hearing. This is the core progression. And then he will come in and it will kind of flesh it out from there. And, um, it, but yeah, it usually comes in the form of, uh, like, um, inspiration from all over uh, and a lot of times from things that I'm reading too. Uh, I know a lot of my songs that I've written have come from literature um, inspired by things that I've read or books. Yeah. Um, where the the literature lent itself to a song again around a relationship or something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, let's dive into um, the songwriting process and just the inspiration behind the song that you submitted for listeners to hear after this interview. It was good. Mm -hmm. So what was the inspiration for that song? And, and kind of take me through, if you remember, just like what that process of putting that together was like. Yeah, um, that was, oh, well, that song was a, that was one of the few actually like, like love, love songs on the first CD that we did. Define love, love. Uh, like, like happy love song. Happy, happy. Real. Man. Oh, romantic! Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, I was in Italy. I had been backpacking um, in Italy with a girlfriend of mine. This is in, in the teaching years, and it was a it was it was uh, it was a trip I had always wanted to take. I was so proud of myself. Um, I went to Italy. I took one backpack. This was before we had like you know the, the internet and could just you know do everything. So I I mean I really had mapped it out and went all over Italy from Naples way up to the Cinque Terre to the mountains to uh, you name it. I was probably with Venice, yeah, from, yeah, from south to north, and um, it was three and a half weeks. And uh, Ethan stayed home at that time uh, to watch the house, to watch and, the dogs, yeah. to you know. Um, so, so he let me have this trip. He let me. Mm -hmm. He let me go. 
uh, and and do it. But I, you know, you find in the middle of all of that, um, in all this beauty, all this history, all of pounding around with my teaching partner, um, I, I just started thinking about our life together, mm-hmm. and and maybe you know maybe just walking around and hiking will do that. Yeah. Um, and so one day I remember um, writing that or just reminiscing, kind of going through a checklist of the things that we had done um, to date. And, it, and so the song lyrics are a collection of all of the things that um, we did together, like it, it just like dumb stuff. I mean, like battleship on hard ground, but days when we would go to the lakefront and just, you know, challenge each other at battleship and, you know, or, or. Right, it wasn't a challenge. It me a mission. Or, or, you know, or we would, I think another, um, you know, uh, was our, our honeymoon. We went to St. Lucia for a honeymoon. Um, so one line is, um, uh, Remember Sunday honeymoon, Caribbean soul tune, lazy hazy Sunday, no work, all play. You know, just things like that. Just reminiscing, going down the line of what we had, what we had done together. But with the thought of, um, with all that, it's been good, and but yet it's it's getting better still. It's that we still have so much more, um, and uh, like maybe one day we would, you know, it, it, we walked. We'll be at a different spot, but um, I think in the lyrics it says, but I'm not 100 and chant yet. So we'll wait until mm-hmm. that day comes in maybe, but until then, it's just getting better and better. So, and that's, that was the feeling that I wanted to convey with the song. And that was the inspiration behind it was just sitting and, and uh, being far apart and just thinking about um, how our lives were at a time and how, yeah, it's getting, you know, it gets better. But sometimes I look back and just think it's been 27 years. And that's that's a long time. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's a really, and I do feel like we we have not even, you know, we, we're very blessed to still be together and to be, you know, raising our family and doing what we love. Oh, I got to say, man, <laughs> On Valentine's Day, I'd feel so lucky to be sitting here with you two and like hearing these stories. This is great. Oh, oh man. Uh, I feel the love. I feel the love. Um, is there a particular like uh like time that you've performed that that song that sticks out in your mind? A particular show, uh, an occasion, maybe you just sang it to each other. I don't know. Like what 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 comes up when you think about that song and, and, and the ways or the times or the places that you performed it for me every time, yeah. every time we play it. Um, I think, well, one thing I like about it is, is that I was, I always appreciate the people like to hear that story. I mean, they, if so much so that they're like, are you going to write another story about the two of you doing something, you know? And I always appreciate that, that people get it and they, they allow, they, they like, uh, the song. I think the time that I actually recently we sat down with that song because that song's been around for a while for us, and it's and it's a favorite of ours because it does celebrate who we are. But we recently sat down and managed to kind of rework it or rearrange it as a duo, just the two of us, which is bass and vocal. Okay. Um, and what's been really cool is having people, you know, listen to it and like it all over again and so it's been fun to play it as a duo with just the two of us because then it has even more meaning because it's just 
it's just kind of two of us playing yeah. it and and really uh yeah. people get a chance to hear the lyrics they they hear this reworking of the song so it's I, that's been really cool as of late mm-hmm. um i would say within the past year just sitting down and reworking yeah. that one has a within the past five months five months yeah pretty, pretty new yeah so it's almost like it's like it's like uh, yeah, it's a whole new arrangement but it's but it's been really fun to um revisit that song mm-hmm. again yeah no, that's a, that's a that song. In terms of uh, being an original tune, is pretty unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I still remember um, uh, writing that tune, and that was actually kind of a jam that we uh, another uh, musician kind of had some fun with that one, putting that one together. And then, uh, like, uh, I want to say three other tones. That was one that just uh, uh, came together through playing it a lot mm-hmm. as a group. Actually, but no, I'm, I'm very serious when I say every time we play that tune, that is uh, that's one of my favorite songs to play. And, you know, hearing the lyrics and, yeah, takes me back to that time, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a younger group, because we had been, we'd been playing for a while at that point when we were kind of getting into our rhythm, I guess you, you could say, uh, early 2000s, we'd been around for about six years at that point. And then that's when we were starting to mm-hmm. gig a lot, you know, before, before we had the kids. So we were, we were, uh, we were gigging out a lot, but anyway, one of my favorites. Yeah. So the, with the group having been together for 25 years, I, is it safe for me to say that like, it's gone through different iterations of the inverse <laughs> and what's that been like, you know? <laughs> You know, it's like you were talking about your days, like kind of branching out with Don Little Group when you were in street life. And, you know, maybe there was a bit of a uh, fear in approaching, you know, the band leader and being like, hey, we're going to break away and do our own mm-hmm. thing. But now you're you're in those shoes. Yes. <laughs> you know, so like what, what do you reflect on when it comes to thinking about just the different groups of people that you've had together to call the Don Little Group and... Any advice that you have for other people who are maybe finding themselves uh, in those shoes as well? Just like, what do you look for in somebody? It's not just, is it just the musical talent or is there a certain type of person that you're looking for as well? Like, yeah, just like, what is it? Talk about the group itself, how it's iterated, how it's evolved and how you go about um, finding the right folks. Yeah. Um, I would say we have been incredibly lucky um, to always be surrounded with great musicians slash friends um, that have played with us. I would say it's never been a group, would you say, in terms of like locked in, like this is this is who the band is, in, you know, in terms of, you know, like a, in the sense of a, of a band, like these are all the members that are always there. We've always had kind of a revolving door okay. um, outside of uh, myself and Ethan. We're like the core. Sure. And, sure, and sure. from that... Um, we've had people who have, have come and gone and, and have been part of it. Uh, we've had some member people, our friends of ours who've been in it, they've been playing the music with us for many, many years. Um, others who are, are new to it, et cetera. But we've always been very lucky to be able to, uh, include in the group, our, you know, friends and, and people who, um, we've known, uh, who play with us. Um, but they're all busy too. Um, they're, they, Everybody that we played with with the group um, does their own thing as well. They have their own groups. They have their own things. So it's hard to 
say like this is just the band with it. So mm-hmm. so again, our people that come to see us know that they'll pretty much see the two of us as the core, but then around that, um, they might see, you know, a different guitarist every now and then or a different drummer or a different keys player. Uh, and um and that that only I, I feel in a lot of ways that still makes us kind of a unique man because people will say, you know, it doesn't sound it's it's a different sound every time because it's it, we have these different different players, but uh, we do look for. I think I think first and foremost we look for um, usually the musicians that are playing with us are musicians that we know that we've known for a long time um, that that get what we do um, that um, like the style of music that we do and are really versatile. I mean, I think that's the key uh, because we do play such a wide range. Um, we've played with, we, we played with, I should say, some incredible musicians. Um, Bob Monocle is our guitarist that's been with us for many years. Pretty much since the beginning. Since the beginning. And he is just stuff. So, he hits blues, country, rock. You, you give him a, a feel, and he can hit it and do it all. And that's really important in a group like ours because we do do so many different styles. And like I said, people will come up and ask us, we, we even have a thing now we call it like stump the band and they'll, they'll literally come up and give a say like, did you do? And we might not have ever played in to, together, you know, and then that night we just kind of call it up and we go, we go, okay, let's jump in. And then they know, you know, we tell them we make no promises. And then if, if we, if we of course can play it, they have not stumped the band. And, uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's, um, Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's good. Yes, sir. It's always an adventure. I think that's what people like too. You know, is that it's it's on a night coming to see the group, you you know, you hear our our collective stories. You hear, you know, things like that. And then, like, same thing with our drummer. Uh, Gino's been with us for many years. Gino Samali. Um, but these guys are all guys that do their own thing in their home, right? Too. They teach. They, you know. So, um, so I've never, we've never been like you just have to be with us, you know. We, we, you know, we, we understand it. We're here in month, and we know you make a letter to play it. Right. Yeah. But you're gonna be with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One gig you do a month with us. It's a dollar. So, so, so that's, that's been hard. It, that's kind of hard sometimes, but we usually like, uh, it, you know, um, we, and we've had people come in and out with, you know, with us with different things as well. Um, and I think Theo Merriweather is a keyboard player has been with us for many, many years. Wonderful. Like, I mean, yeah. And like, so these are all like, they're just good guys. And so mm-hmm. that means a lot to us. It's just yeah. being able to play with folks that we, that we like, that are good guys. Um, that um, know what we do can switch on a dime to do all kinds of different styles, um, and so where we, you know, uh, um, and uh, and who know? I mean, it's it's a good thing, but it's also tough because that means we have a, a lot of not holding people to just our group means that we have a lot of different people out there. But, you know, like I said, I think that adds spice. I really do. I think that, you know, I well, I, I like having um, other people join us and play with us and collaborate with other people because that just keeps our sound fresh when we're doing things, especially if you're doing covers and mixed band with original stuff. And they played our original stuff. They played, you know, cover things with the us. Covers that we did. Um, and so it just keeps us 
you know, stronger lean into different people's strengths. Yeah, you know, yeah. Where whatever wherever they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it keep it keeps it it keeps us on our toes. And like you yeah. said, different people have different styles and different strengths. So yeah. his um, and like I said, our, our the people that come to see us will comment on that often. That you know, wow, like that's really cool. And, and this sounded different than when I heard you last week. You know, so hopefully that's the draw that keeps people coming out to. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like musically that's, uh, you know, having this kind of revolving door is an advantage, but, you know, logistically, that's got to be a challenge. How do you manage that? You know, like when you get a gig request for something and they really want, you know, the whole, the whole group, but maybe there's not a budget for that or somebody's not available, like from the business side of it. And just, I mean, you're, you're a business owner. Like, how do you... How do you manage that? Uh, we, well, that comes in the complete, you know, how to run your business course, and that's available. Website coming soon. No, um, yeah, we we have learned to uh, be able to do what we do as a trio, as a duo, as a quartet, as a quintet. I think the biggest that we've done is. Um, Six maybe in in the group depending on the, uh, but yeah we just we really um, just have to be flexible. Um, and the guys that the uh, people that we hire are able to do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we're not gonna have anyone in the group that's not up to a certain level, certain level. So yeah. they can you know the people that are in the group can cover the bases that need to be covered. So mm-hmm. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. You, you, we, I do want to dive in though, to like, you know, the different shows that you, you play in different iterations of the group. Mm-hmm. Like, are there any that stand out like that are as a favorite? Yes. Um, okay. So, so, um, and within the last few years, we started kind of theming our shows, I should say. We, we still play, we like, we'll, we'll do definitely, um, people, will hire us to do original sets. I love that. I love when we get to do just a night of our original music. That's that's always my favorite. That's just mm-hmm. and and concert kind of like and people actually listening and, and sitting down and enjoying that. But um we did uh was it started off with a show that we put together called the Sting Project. Because again the guys that we had in the band with us, uh I believe Bob, Gino, Dio, um uh and the two of us, we were talking right. And and uh, Aaron down sax, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, we were we were sitting and talking, and we all felt we we all realized that we loved. We all were coming from the same place generationally, except where we all grew up with Sting and the Police. Perfect. And and not just Sting. I mean, we loved all of the the songs from many of the albums. I think it was like conversation we were sitting. Gardner, Aaron Gardner on sax. Yeah, yeah. And we were all sitting down. Uh, um, this is before. They brought Aaron in up, but um, we took talking about how we all like yes. staying. Uh, oh, we did bring Aaron in for the project, and then uh, so we put together a show called the Sting Project, and that was we all picked our favorite like Sting songs from the uh, made and we leaned a little more into his jazzier songs, and we did a show called the Sting Project. Loved, loved, loved that show. Um, we did it several times now. Um, last time we did it was at Sugar Story Gill Firehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just, it, it was so much fun to do. And then from that, we 
kind of started looking at other shows. We would get, you know, uh, look at other things. And I was always a big Carol King fan, Nora Jones, Tracy Chapman. So I, I did a show called um, Singers and Songs where we did an, and where we did the music of those three singer songwriters and plus my my stuff because they were great influences on me as a songwriter. So we did like just kind of deep cuts and things like that from there uh, and some and some well-known ones from from their um songs and then we did uh, uh we did our own stuff and that was a really 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 fun show. Um that was one of my favorites. So those those things we did um we did a Christmas show, probably my all-time favorite um that we've done in terms of like these theme shows uh i did a show with the menominee falls symphony orchestra um and uh we were um tasked to put together a holiday show a christmas show and it turned out to be the uh a show that looked back at christmas's past that i've had and we based around the music that i grew up with during the holidays. So my parents' old albums from Christmas time, you know, growing up, um, um, old Barbara Strangson albums, old Steve and Edie Gourmet albums, old Johnny Mathis, um, Supremes, Temptations. And so I was able to build a whole show around my Christmas experiences in the music that was kind of the soundtrack to my Christmas experience. So I was telling stories about Christmas has passed. I got to bring in my mom's favorites that she loved. I got to talk behind me were pictures of my childhood Christmases and funny stories. And we did duo numbers together. Um, you know, and that was an amazing, amazing show. Um, and probably uh, if of all the shows, the one that I really enjoyed because I, number one, I were at the singer with a with an orchestra behind me. Um, number two, uh, again, it was me sharing um, a part of myself that I had not previously shared. Um, and it, it was so wonderful to bring that in. My mom used to love Christmas. So I felt like it was almost a show dedicated to her and did a lot of the things that, that she loved that she showed me um, during you know, the holiday season. So that that was probably one show that's canceled. Yeah, it's, well, it's clear, Donna, that your mom was a big inspiration in your life, but you know, also your music. Um, uh, how much of, do you feel like you're, like how much of, you, of, of her do you feel like is in you when you're singing, when you're writing, when you're performing? Like, is that something that is constantly there and it's just kind of pushing you to keep going? Yes, yes. She, um, uh, first of all, as I get older, the more I realize when I look at it on myself singing that I look and move just like her. <laughs> you know, you don't see the two? Yeah. Anybody yeah. yeah. anybody that knew my mom when she was uh, singing, you know, they'll say, gosh, you sound like her, you look like, you know, and I feel like the older I get, the more I do. She started, um, she was, she taught me, like I said before, um, in her earlier, um, podcast, she was the one who had amazing, just depth of musical knowledge and, and love different genres. She, she's the one I attributed to me listening to everything from Peter and the Wolf when I was a kid to, you know, Crystal Gale. She had 
it's just it's an incredible library of music and song. And she was constantly singing and she would constantly have me sing with her. And um, but she never got a chance to do it herself because life mm -hmm. always got in the way. So she kind of spent many, many years always having the dream of singing, but never getting a chance to do it. Um, and it wasn't until um, later in life, I think she was 48, um, I had been singing already in Milwaukee uh, pretty regularly. It was pretty busy singing. Um, another, I was doing a jazz trio at a hotel, the Wyndham, I think, at the time, now at St. Kate. Um, and um, I couldn't do it anymore. I was just getting so busy. And so I didn't want to leave the group that I was performing with high and dry. And they were looking, you know, so I said, why don't you ask my mom? Hey, she, she knows this stuff. I mean, she knows it better than I do. She, she is truly, I, I love jazz and jazz will always be my first love. Um, but, um, she was truly just straight ahead jazz. She was traditional jazz. And, um, so she came up and, and, uh, filled in. And that was it. I didn't have a gig anymore. I lost the gig. Um, and and from that, she started playing with um, everybody in town. I mean, she was she's played with the jazz guys, Mark Davis, and uh, and both that. To this day, uh, um, I can't, anybody in the jazz community will mention like her and working with her. He went and go to Madison. They remember her singing in Madison. So she got to start at that. And really with my, with my solace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she really, so she was able to do that in the last few, you know, years. Um, she passed away at 65, um, which was really young. Um, but um, in, the, in that span of time, uh, she was able to perform in, I feel really made quite a name for herself. And then she even taught, she ended up teaching vocal classes, which is something she never dreamed that she would get the chance to do. So before she passed away, she did a, a CD. She managed her one thing that she wanted to do was to get her voice recorded and do a CD. So she did a CD because she named it Never Too Late. And so for me right now, at this stage in my life, that is like, my anchor and I hear her so often saying don't give up it's just it's never too late <laughs> people to do it's never too late to to jump in and dive in and do that and so um one day I would love to re-record her CD um and her songs and those were a collection of her favorites and um and I do feel like it is you know it's it's easy to like I said, write off people who are making music at a later stage in in your life. Although I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really feel like that should be the case. Because, like I said before, I feel like um, the older you get, the more you just have to say. Mm -hmm. you, you come seasoned, kind of. But um, uh, I think she she was really critical in me, not just saying, "Yeah, I'm done," you know, and, and just go ahead and do it. Just do what you want to do and stab her too late. So, yeah well we were talking about this you know before we started recording this interview of how you know for most of the existence of the donna little group donna you were teaching you know and you spoke about how difficult and challenging it was you know during the pandemic when we're still 
within the pandemic, but <laughs> particularly during those first couple of years of the pandemic. And, um, and, and you since, you know, retired from teaching and you've gone full time into music later in life, mm-hmm. you know? So there is kind of some homage there paid to your mom yep. and it, it, it all comes together now and hearing it, you know, all pieced together, uh, with that inspiration of your mom behind you. And so now you, you, you both have been like full time on music for what, two years. And, um, you know, how's it going? <laughs> you know, it's like uh, talking about just like you're not just doing the gigging, but now you're 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 managing a business. Uh, I know you guys are getting into some some, you know, some recording, doing more songwriting, original stuff like what's what has surprised you about going full time? What is exactly what you thought it would be? Um, and And, you know, what do you like the most about it? So years ago, I used to work at uh, <clears throat> Barnes and Noble. Well, it doesn't matter that I was working at Barnes. Years ago, I was working at retail, and uh, the I think it was regional would uh, come up and uh, actually, and we would talk as we were going through the store or whatever. And uh, I remember him saying uh, something about owning your own business and how busy it was. And um, I, I forget what the context was, but just him saying that it was just. An incredibly hard thing to do, and um, you're you could be as busy as you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And I guess what uh, what I'm finding out, and I know uh, working alongside down, whatever we would be working alongside in, uh, you can be as busy as you want to be. So those are the two things I found out. You could be as busy as busy as you want to be. <laughs> you know, uh, it's 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 been um, that that's 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 truly what I found out. So boundaries that are, are what I'm trying to figure out at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially having uh, the kids, that's that's been kind of the through point through everything that, that that's happened since having kids. Um, uh, trying to balance, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many things, especially with the advent of uh, technology, there are so many things you can do with that thing that we all carry around in our pockets. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, waking up literally in the middle of the night and knowing, you know, that that thing is there, picking it up, it's like, oh God, just put it down. Uh, yeah, just so much. And uh, being here uh, with WMV and being privy to so many things and people and ideas and information and uh, just going online and saying different things and wow there's there's a lot of things there there's a lot of things there so as far as wood Group is concerned and then and how it relates to wood Group, you know that whole mountain of information that's there and what we wanted to do especially with with original music you know i, I guess it goes back to the, the whole band thing it was a lot easier man just show up play and leave <laughs> yeah now we're you know creating that that music and then there's so much that goes along with creating that music mm-hmm. and playing that music, you know. Yeah. You gotta copyright it, it and then now that you own that music, what are you gonna do with that music? Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, when you when you play it, you know, oh, you mean I could be making money just because I played it? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh well I know I can sell it. You know what I mean? But you mean just because I played it, you know, I can make money from playing it. There's just God, there's so much yeah. and banners and cards and websites and I just wanna go to bed. <laughs> it's a it's a good thing. I I really love um this this 
business and doing this right now. And I do feel like one advantage is being older, advantage and disadvantage. One advantage is being older because now you, you know, you have learned things along the road and um, you're going into it with a lot more of a business head. My goodness, 20 years ago, I, I, I cringe when I think of the stuff that the opportunities I let go by or things I didn't know, you know, and now it's like, okay, nope, stop, learn how to do this. Um, and it's just, it's, it's really, um, so the creativity hasn't changed. The, the, the things that inspire me still have, have not changed getting back into this again. Um, uh, but what has changed now is, is like you just said, uh, finding balance, I think you always have a bit of balance. I mean, because we were trying to find balance over the years with just links of family and kids and all of that stuff. But now it's a different balance because there's so and there's there's so much more that you have to learn, and there's so much more um, community too. Um, you have to, you know, you, you you've got the whole social media now that just wasn't there before. Like I said, it was easy when we could just show up somewhere and play it. Even and even if you were doing your own thing twenty years ago. You know, it was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, go into the studio, be my twin, you know, my 10 songs or whatever. Then, you know, just take them here, one little platform or whatever you are, sell them on the gig. You know, now it's, oh, you got the great content and, uh, <laughs> and all of this other stuff, you know, and um, and keep up with social media and, um, and, and connections and learn about the actual business. And, and so it's, it's been, um, it's been hard to, to keep up with all of the new things, but it's also been interesting and fun and challenging. And, and I do, like you said, um, uh, WOB has been a huge, huge part in our, Oh yeah. Um, connecting again, um, to that. I, I don't know if we, we could even like, if it, I think it was really fortunate that we've been able to be a part of this group because, um, we were, I feel like, um, years past, very much isolated. You get kind of can get in your own bubble. Um, and you know, they're, they're and, and, um, you know, and that's it. And now it's like, oh, wow, there's that. And you can do this and, you know, and you could talk to this person and this person is willing to share this. And, um, you know, and it's, it's just so nice knowing that you're not alone in the journey and knowing that it's such a wide range of musicians within that, that you connect with that some that are just starting out, some that are seasoned, some that are in positions like us where they're learning all over again, you know? And so, um, it's, it's been really, um, nice. I don't, I don't say that cause you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really true. I feel like, um, like we're sponges all over again and that keeps things interesting and new and fresh for us and just learning, just, just learning all over because I, I do feel like for many years, we were in that kind of isol, you know, isolated from a lot of isolated. We were raising families. Mm -hmm. You were teaching. I primarily was showing up on other people's gigs and working. Mm -hmm. There was so much that we were seeing, hearing, mm -hmm. learning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now it's nice to be able to learn those things again and to, um, you know, just figure it out and and keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean. As a business owner myself, I can relate to a lot of that. Um, just, you know, you're definitely as busy as you want to be. And sometimes you you want to be a lot busier than what you are. And so you put yourself out there. And before you know it, everything hits. And you're just like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> like, balance is gone for the next, like, three months, you know? Um, 
So as I this you know this podcast episode is going to live on for for forever as long as the podcast does. So I so I don't I don't necessarily like to spend a ton of time on like looking ahead because you know when someone else listens to this and maybe two years down the road. But I do want to zoom in on like you know you're you're two years into full time now. Um, what are what are you excited about now? Like I. It, uh, and I don't like to project into the future, but like, what are you working on that really like is the next thing? You know, um, I'm I'm really excited to, like I said, I've, I've there've been two things that have really excited me. I kind of mentioned before. I've just really, 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 I have just had a fire to want to write. I, I've been wanting to sit down. I'm chomping at the bit. I've got so many songs that I just really want to get out there and get them recorded, um, work them out, um, and just get music out. That is my, like, Hanai goal right now. Um, and um, last year we got a, a, a big taste of playing. We were really lucky to play a wide range of gigs, everything from just the two of us doing duo stuff. Last two years, to, really? Um, you know, to, like I said, working with a, a symphony on um, the doing um you know doing concerts where we got the chance to just do like an all original set so i what's been exciting me the most is like i said um it's almost like a renaissance and just like writing i've been really really wanting to to sit down and and just get songs out um and then get them recorded uh and then to play them out uh and for audiences because i i really i really like sharing that music with with an audience and then um I also have tremendously enjoyed um, putting together, um, like I said, these kind of themed shows um, mm -hmm. and just curating uh, the shows um, with, uh, you know, with other people's music uh, in mind. And, and um, uh, I find people really like that a lot. The minute I'd say, you know, I, you know, I'm going to do a show featuring this artist and like, you know, and and then it gets it's it's interesting to me because then I get to explore that artist's mm -hmm. body of work and and still do it my way. But it's and it's, it's it to me that's very creative too. So I it's not just a tribute, and you know, I'm not to say anything about tribute man or anything, but but it's taking the music and just you know doing kind of what I want to do with songs that I've always loved. So it's been really fun um, to do those shows, and I'm hoping to. Uh, do more of those types of shows and and to just continue to I, I really really want to continue to uh, do our original stuff uh, our audiences mm -hmm. and talk about the the stories behind them um, you know what singer songwriters like to do you know they they you know they want to tell their stories so um, just talk about where the songs come from and and it's funny because people now have been coming up to me. Because they hear us say snippets of our story, and they're like, "So you're gonna write a song that's about that, right?" Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, "I guess, I guess I am now." You know, so it's been really cool to see people connect to that. It's there's no greater feeling than to I think any artist when you create something that's yours, and then people get it, like it, want to hear it, put it, you know, and that to me is such a cool feeling. So that's what I'm excited about doing in the future. Gotcha. Yeah, Ethan, you have anything you want to add to that? Um, I want to know what it's like to copyright songs. <laughs> yeah, put songs up to you know for for consideration for sync. 
But oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we could talk. We we we're actually looking excited about exploring other mm-hmm. other things like that too. That was half tongue in cheek, but, right, I, I, but okay. yeah. Ah. No, I, you know what I what I really enjoyed over the last couple of years. Uh, I'm going back to at least a couple three questions. Uh, what I really liked was last year doing the um, the uh, jazz festival in Madison, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a very very cool experience. Looking forward to doing more of that kind of thing, festivals, mm-hmm. outdoor festivals, yep. that kind of stuff. But but only half uh, joking about the uh, placing of songs. That would be very cool to do that kind of thing and see what others are because it's completely unexplored. And just have never done anything like that, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And of course, playing, um, that's what I've done my entire life. I've done since 1980 as a dad. <laughs> <laughs> to continue to, to do that um, and just see what that looks like. And like you said, with the uh, theme shows and to see, you know, where we can take that and, you know, to what venues. You know what I mean? What new venues we can take that to, you know, throughout the state, you know, mm-hmm. and well, you know, maybe even the Tri-State area, maybe, you know what I mean? That's another thing, too. Really looking forward to getting to to traveling more. And that's something, too, that I, I've noticed um, with a lot of the WMV um, folks and, and people who are part of that. Um, it's been it's, it's it's been inspiring to see how they go out mm-hmm. and, you know, to different parts of Wisconsin, to, you know, neighboring states are, you know, far and near and take their music. And so um, it's been, it, it's another goal, another thing that's kind of put a fire under me to just, again, get out of that Milwaukee bubble. And, I, I, and I'd, I'd love to see more of the state. I'd love to yeah. be out and about a lot more. And I think now's a good time. You know, I, don't, I don't think we could have done that much earlier than now. So that's the cool thing is this now time has finally opened up for us to to do that. And, yeah. And so I think both of us have always been very like say, curious, been uh, wanting to to do uh, things like that and um really looking forward to moving in those directions. So maybe a dollar will grow truer in the future? <laughs> I not I'd love to. Who knows? Yeah. I'd love to. That's cool. So I know that y'all, you know, you gig constantly everywhere, uh, particularly in Milwaukee, but I know you play shows in Madison too. And that's a great, you know, uh, opportunity to, to see the Donald Little Group's uh, music and, and take it in. Where can they find it if they're not in Wisconsin? You know, how, because uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think you guys are on Spotify, right? Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Okay. But but very soon. Okay. And we're was like yeah, still working out um a lot of this stuff. Just just getting the handle on this newer music that we've been creating and and getting it out there because you know we get asked a lot. It'll be. And so very soon, I would say we're moving towards having that um available for people to to check out. Um, you know they can they. They're able to see it when they come and see us live and hear it, but um, we're hoping that by the by years end to really have some some of that new music out for them to hear. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm taking steps. Actually, it's very very recently taking steps towards making that happen. Good. Yeah. That irons on the fire. That's awesome. Yeah, guys, this has been just 
awesome. Like to get like probably three hours of conversation now between between the two the two interviews. It's been awesome. Like I've known you you two for I don't know like a year. You know, with the meetups, and I've come come to a couple shows, and um, even just getting the time to to do this interview. Took us some time. I know we we talked to Saint Kate, uh, you know, probably six or eight months ago about doing this. And wow. yeah. I'm just really grateful that you all shared the time and the stories and just so much of yourself uh, over the course of these two interviews. Thank you so much. You. Yeah, and uh, and like I said before, even more grateful to get to spend some time with you on Valentine's Day. <laughs> the love y'all to to share with for each other, it 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 uh, it emanates, and I'm I feel it. I feel it here. So. Thank you so much, and good luck, you know, with with what's in the on the horizon. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's twenty five years in uh, to the band, but I think there's, like you said earlier, Donna, about one hundred and ten yet. Yeah, more love to come, more music to come. Yep, uh, lots, lots, lots more for people to look forward to. So, so thank you both again for for having having these conversations. It's been a real real pleasure. Thank you. Glad to be. Glad to be here. Glad you had us next.
Thanks for listening to the Musician's Venture Podcast. Please leave ratings and reviews from wherever you're listening from. Check us out online at themusiciansventure.com for more information on what we have happening, to find past episodes, and ways to get in touch with us. Find us on social media at The Musician's Venture on Facebook and Instagram, and at Musician Venture on Twitter. Like and follow us on all those platforms, and hey, while you're there, engage with and share our content with your friends. The Musician's Venture Podcast is hosted by me, Nick O'Brien, with guest host appearances from Allison M. The podcast is produced by Shannon Coulard, with theme music by Mike Neumeyer. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>